Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Um, ask you a question to start. And so my question for you, and I want you to, I want you to talk to your neighbor. So I hope you, I hope you like your neighbor. Um, but here's what I want to ask the question, and I want you to answer this to your neighbor. I want to ask you, why do you come to church? And before you tell your neighbor because you love Jesus, that answer is not allowed. Because I'm just anticipating that you all love Jesus. So why do you come to church? Go ahead. Tell the person beside you, why do you come to church? So anybody hear a really bad answer? Well, why do we say good answer, right? A good answer is going to be like somebody's going to have this like deep theological and like quoting scripture. No, no. Anybody got like somebody, anybody want to ride out their spouse? Like this is why they said they came. It's pretty lame. Nobody? All right. That's probably a good thing. Yes, yeah, some kid, because I was told to come. Um, so to follow up the question with why do you come to church, I'm not necessarily going to get you to answer this one to your neighbor, but I want you to think about it at least. What is it that you love about church? Because I don't know about you, like you have, to, you have to know why you come to church. And I know it's because we love Jesus. But why, what else do you love about church? And see... I look at church and Jesus separately because I can have a relationship with Jesus, but coming to the church is building myself up. It's, it's hanging out with people. It's coming together to strengthen ourselves. And so the reason I love to come to church, and no, it's not because you pay me to be here. All right, I love coming to church because I get to hang out with you. I love coming to church because I get to see you guys. But I love coming to church because I love watching you guys grow in your walk with the Lord. And I love watching you grow in your walk with the Lord just as I'm growing in my walk with the Lord. And you've heard pastor staff this morning, and even, even Melissa had not really any idea what I was talking about this morning. And so when she shared her testimony and was just transparent, saying, here's what I've gone through. And then Pastor Carl, he shares, what you have to realize is None of your pastoral staff here have it all together. I shouldn't speak for you, Pastor Charles. You didn't share this morning. But <laughs> Grace, Grace, does he have it all together? Okay, just. <laughs> I thought I'd ask her, right? Like, but none of us, none of us have it all together. The only difference, the only difference between me and maybe you is that God has asked me to stand up here and speak. And when he asked me to do that, I remember just going, are you serious? And so I love coming because I get to watch you grow in your faith, myself grow in my faith. And as we do this together, what I love is watching people tell stories. And I don't know if you've done this. Um, I've told stories of my own personal journey where, like, today I can tell you of a story of, like, 
Man, it felt impossible, but now it's possible. And then if you stop and you think, even in your own life, two years ago, what felt impossible but then became possible, now might seem so small, so little. And it's just like if you've ever tried... um, if you ever tried weightlifting, if you ever tried running or biking or anything like that, that all of a sudden something and that you couldn't do, but after a little while, after a little while of trying and trying and trying and, and, and persevering, all of a sudden you can. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, if, you, if you're thinking of weightlifting, you're trying to lift, you're trying to curl 20 pounds, and all of a sudden, you know, a few years now you're, you're curling 50, and when you pick up the 20, you're like, I remember when that was heavy. And it's the same in our spiritual walk. And that's what I love. I love hearing your stories of how, like, this is what I just walked through. And you know what? It was challenging, but I've made it through. When I know personally with walking with you that a few years ago, that would have been so challenging. But because of your walk with God and your, and your growing relationship with him, you've been able to press in deeper. And what used to be heavy is no longer heavy. I love coming to church because I get to experience people receiving Jesus Christ for the first time in their life. And there is nothing more exciting than seeing a life transformed by Jesus Christ. I can tell you that we can pray for physical healings, and don't get me wrong, when people get physically healed, it's cool, it's awesome, like I've seen some cool stuff happen. But nothing is more powerful than a soul coming to know Jesus Christ. Because see, here's the thing. My physical body at this point in my life can be healed. And 10 years from now, I'm not speaking prophetically in my life, but it's just natural. I'm going to have more aches and pains. Why? Because I'm 10 years older. And so there's parts of that that it's like, Eventually, I can be healed. Like, think of Lazarus, raised from the dead, and he still died. So we can celebrate healings and miracles. And don't get me wrong, I want to see them. I still believe in them. I'll still pray for them. You will see it happen here. Keep believing for greater things. You're going to see it. But I never want to lose sight of, in my personal opinion, the greatest miracle of all when somebody gives their life to the Lord. And I think sometimes as believers who believe that God still heals, believe that God still does miracles, um, we're actually distracted by the physical healings. And we don't celebrate new salvations. It's kind of like, oh, they gave their heart to the Lord. That's good. I want to see somebody's arm grow. It's the arm only grows to reveal God's power and love so that somebody will come to know him as their personal savior. That's the only purpose of it. It's not for us to go, that was cool. It's the salvation. That's what I love. I love coming to church and watching people's lives change. It's even better when you've been the one praying for them. It's even better when you've been the one walking with them. And then all of a sudden, they just give their heart to the Lord. I love watching all of you grow and take steps of faith and do something different that you haven't done before. And this morning, my goal is to push you 
to do it again. To have the excitement and the joy of God, what do you have? What's possible? See, we come together just as Hebrews 10 says, let us, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Spurring one another on. We come together to love on each other and spur, on, spur each other on. So my first point is we come to gather. Pastor Dale touched on this last Sunday. We gather together. We come to gather together. How many people like hanging out with other people? How many people like going over to somebody else's house and having dinner and just hanging out? Put your hand up nice and high if you like to. Now look around at the person that hasn't invited you over yet and just point at your hand. See, I love hanging out with people. It's fun to get together. It's fun to hang out. And the fun thing with me, what I love, the reason I like it is you learn things. You learn things. If I hang out with you, I will learn things about your life, but I'll also learn things that will better my life. I can come to your house and figure out how to decorate better. It's not that I decorate a lot, but once in a while I do. And then Melissa usually decorates better behind me. But you learn from each other, don't you? You're like, I didn't, never thought of putting that stuff together. And then you might learn uh, how to cook better. Anybody been to somebody's house and like steal the recipe when you leave? Anybody? Right? You, you eat something and immediately you're like, okay, you have two choices. You can give me the recipe or when you step out for a second, I'm going through your kitchen and finding it and stealing it. And so we, we can learn how to cook better. Sometimes you can even learn how to clean better. Sometimes you can learn how to have a better relationship with your wife. How do you communicate to each other? Maybe with your kids. How do you communicate with your kids? How do you interact with your kids? How do you interact with your spouse? We can learn from one another simply by hanging out together. And here's the other thing. When you hang out together, you learn about each other's journey. You learn about each other's uh, life, and you learn about their faith. And so I love hearing people's stories because I learn so much about people and their walk and find out what you've journeyed through and how you are still faithful in serving God. There are some people in this room that when you hear their testimony, the biggest element of faith is not a miraculous healing, not a miraculous provision, nothing like that. The hugest testimony is that they're still serving Jesus. What do you mean, Chad? There's people that have gone through so much but still love God. And it shocks me. Because it lets me know some of the stuff that I've journeyed through that felt so big and so huge is actually fairly little bitty tiny. And I just go, and you still serve God? Because we've all gone through times in our lives where we question God. We don't understand how could you let this happen? And then you talk to other people and you hear what they've gone through and how they're, they're pressing into God and they still love Jesus. Or maybe it's a husband and wife and you hear their whole story and not only do they love Jesus, they still love each other. You're like, you've come through so much and you learn. You learn from one another. You spur one another on. 
And as we come together and as we journey in life, we grow as a family. Now, how many people, when you get together with family, most times you eat? Anybody? You can raise your hand. I'm going to stretch your shoulders this morning. This is going to be a little more interactive, all right? So here's what I need. I need two volunteers this morning, and I just need your help. And you can volunteer, or your spouse can volunteer you, or I will volunteer you. So you got a second. I see somebody pointing at somebody back there, but I got a light. Oh, hey, Jill. You just got promoted. Come on up. Now, I am going to fully pressure this side because, yes, first service, both from this side because this side chickened out. So I apologize. Come on up. Your name once again, I apologize. Jerry, come on up. So, here's what I need you guys to do. You can come up there. I'm down here because you guys are going to be up here. And here's what I need you guys to do today. I need you to make pizza. Who does not like pizza? We will pray for you later. Glad nobody raised their hand. We just stop and intercede in the name of Jesus. So, here you guys go. You need you to... My brain went fully dead. So what I need you guys to do is make pizza, all right? There's the stuff. You got to run that through there. My brain's not. Yes. You got to grate that. There we go. Just shut right down. Anybody ever like simple words? You're like, you need to. It's gone. So if you want to, like there's sauce. And I don't have to worry because this is the last service, so you can use it all. And so as they're making pizza, here's the thing. We need to stir and sorry, we need to spur one another on. When I think of spurring one another on, too often I think as Christians, we think of that as like we need to correct each other, we need to discipline each other. Spurring to me, yes, I realize spurs is when the rider like jabs it into the horse. But here's what you need to realize. I think some of us need a spurring of encouragement. Some of us just need to know that you can actually do this. That God has actually gifted you to be a part of his family. See, what I love this morning is with our staff that have just been transparent and open and honest and you realizing that none of us have this together, that can I tell you something? And I've told you this before, but if God can work through me, if God can work through any of our staff, he can work through every one of you. Every one of you. I always say this too, since we're talking about horses, God spoke through a donkey once, so he can speak through you. I truly believe if he can use a donkey, he uses me, he can use you. But here's the other thing. We don't want to give up meeting together. As the scripture says, don't let yourself get stuck going, I don't feel like I fit in. I don't feel like I'm connected. I don't feel like it's, don't let your feelings lie to you. First off, you're part of Bethel. We love you. You're part of the family. Second off, here's what I always encourage people. If you want to feel connected, please get connected. What I mean by that is I can sit in a room and wonder why nobody's talking to me. But if I'm not going to talk to anybody, then I can't really put the pressure on other people. Well, Chad, that's, that's like stretching me. Yes, it is. But you're also, just so you're aware, 
I am a huge introvert. I love being in my basement by myself. I confessed this in the first service, and I'm really giving away my excuses. But I'm going to still use it on you, so just deal with it, okay? There's times where Melissa and the kids, if they can get away and they head up to her parents, and I'm at home for a couple nights by myself, that somebody will say to me, hey, Chad, you're all by yourself. Your wife and kids are away. You should come on over and hang out. And my response is, oh, I'd love to. I just have plans. And my plans is a pizza in my basement by myself. I'm an introvert, and so I understand what it's like to go up and talk to people. I know you see me up here and you think, oh, you're not an introvert. No, huge. I go home on Sunday afternoons and crash and watch the Jays. Did he make the joke in the second service? That, that was uncalled for. <laughs> talking about how bad the Jays were. You can tell who the Yankee is. But we spur one another on. We encourage each other. I encourage you to step out in faith. Yeah, use it all. Extra cheese, extra pepperoni. Oh. Anybody else getting? You have never been more engaged in your life. I know you're not even looking at me. But we spur one another on. We encourage one another. And when we get together, here's the cool thing. Just like when you go to somebody's house and you learn from them, when we come together, we come into the church to be equipped. You come to church not just to worship the Lord, not just to get filled up with goosebumps and feel nice. You come to get equipped and trained. See, 2 Timothy 3 says this. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We are here to work together, to learn, but we're also here to learn from the scripture to shape us into who God has called us to be. If you're wondering who God has called you to be, you need to plug in, you need to get more connected. Oh, don't put it in there yet. I'll look after that part. You guys are more motivated. This first service, like they were done and they went to bolt. You guys are like, we'll put this in the oven. Let's get this rolling. You guys are done. That's great. Can we give them a hand? I have to speed up. They're way farther in my notes than I am. So we train each other. We spur each other on. And by getting involved, just so you were, by getting involved, you actually learn more about Jesus. And you learn more of who you are in Christ. It's not me standing here as a pastor going, oh, we need volunteers, volunteer. Yes, we do. But I want you to know, it's for you. What you don't realize is when you volunteer, when you start helping, when you start teaching somebody, when you start doing something, there's a joy that comes in it. There's an excitement. As I said, getting to watch you grow in your faith. When you get to watch kids grow in their faith, when you get to watch adults grow in their faith and, faith and teenagers grow in their faith, there's something inside of you that just goes, oh my goodness, I have a little part in that. God, use me to help them. And it's amazing. It's amazing. So I don't encourage you to volunteer to get volunteers. I encourage you to volunteer so it'll help you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. And one day you may be sitting somewhere and you not even recognize the person who's speaking, but you taught them in Sunday school. 
I told you the story before, and I'll do it real quick. I remember on a Sunday morning, somebody was sitting right in the back row, just past back here, and I got up to do the announcement, and I recognized them. And as soon as the announcements were done, I slipped back, and I started talking to them. I said, you're from Pembroke. And they were shocked and caught off guard because they were just down visiting family. And I said to them, I said, you don't recognize me. And they had already looked at the bulletin, and they saw who all the pastors were, but my last name is different than my mother's. And so all of a sudden, when I said to them, like, I'm Chad McLaren, they're like, yeah, we see that. Who are you? <laughs> it's like, my mom is Barbara Berry. And immediately her mouth dropped. And she said, I held you in the nursery. I'm like, yeah, you did. And she goes, you pastor here? Yes, I do. And she, as soon as she got back home in Pembroke, she called my mom. And she was so excited. Because she knew she had a little part in it. You don't know who you're teaching. And I'm not just talking to ladies in the room. I'm talking to men in the room. You don't know who you're teaching. You don't know who you're holding in the nursery. You don't know whose life you're pouring into and what God's plan is for their lives. I believe in this building at this very moment, whether in this room or in the nursery, in the kids' wing, that we have world changers right here, right now. And they're begging. They are begging for you to invest in them. And you may have no idea, but you want to know what? Soon as I saw them, all I could remember, I, don't, I didn't remember their names. I didn't remember, uh, I didn't remember the things that they did. But I still can tell you now, I remembered their love. And I don't remember their names. But I remember when I saw them, I went, they're from Pembroke, and they loved me. And it just... It kicked me right into gear. I'm like, I have to go say hi. That is what God is calling you to do, to invest, to pour in. So that way, as the scripture says, that we will be thoroughly equipped. Because see, here's the thing that you need to understand. Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 13 says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so the body may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So by reading this scripture, what you need to realize is that as pastors, as prophets, evangelists, as teachers, we have come to equip his people, equip you to do the work. See, what happens sometimes is as churches grow, we need more staff to be able to teach and, and train everybody. But as, as there's more staff coming on, a lot of people sitting in the congregation go, oh, they have more staff, they don't need volunteers. But see, my job isn't actually to do the work. My job is to train you to do the work. Now, does that mean we don't work? No, not at all. Don't hear that. <laughs> but the job is to train you, to teach you, to lift you up, to encourage you. So my challenge for you is, where are you volunteering? Where are you serving? I know these chairs are comfortable, and it's comfortable to sit here and enjoy the service. But where are you stretching yourself? Where are you using what you're being equipped with? Because see, here's the great thing. If you're sitting here going, well, I just don't want to miss a service. I just love being in for worship. And, you know, Chad, your preaching's okay, so I don't mind listening. Like, if that's the way you feel, the great thing is this. We have two services. 
you can serve in one and attend the other. If you don't want to do that, there's a podcast that's online. We equip you, and when you serve, it's fulfilling. It fills you up. And when we come together, so that as we come together and we put all the pieces together, see, here's the thing. The scriptures actually talk about God planting you somewhere. If God planted you here at Bethel, can I just let you know something? I know that inside of us as humans, we're like, well, no, I chose to come to Bethel. Sure you did. God planted you here. You want to know why he planted you here? Because we didn't have somebody like you before. And so you're here to fulfill the role that you can fulfill. Because we can't do everything. The person sitting beside you has a different gift than you do. But together we fulfill one full, complete body. And once you have everything together, once you have all the giftings together, that's when you make a complete pizza. Everything goes together. If you're looking for somewhere to work, if you're looking for somewhere to volunteer and become part of the team, let me tell you, just on a Sunday morning, and then I'll get into other service, like other areas, but just on a Sunday morning, here's where you can volunteer. Parking, coffee, please, love you, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Prayer, ushers, greeters, media, sound, worship, all of these areas you can get plugged in and volunteer and help. You can serve. Outside of that, we have small groups that we need teachers. We have youth ministry. We have children's ministry. Ministry. We have 50 plus. We have our community meals. We have other things that I'm probably forgetting about. We have our Heavenly Hoops program. We have Bridge 5-6. We have so many areas that is actually just, I don't want you to hear, we're not begging. They're just waiting, waiting to give you the opportunity and the privilege to serve. The privilege, absolutely the privilege to serve and to watch people grow. Do you know on the parking team, like how can that be a privilege? You will watch people learn how to park between yellow lines. <laughs> and it may not seem challenging, but you just got to go shopping sometimes. And realize just how challenging it is. If you want to grow in your patience, just try parking Christians in a parking lot that they think they have their own reserve spot because they've attended Bethel Church for so long. I know you're supposed to say church and like it could be anybody, but no, I'm talking here. I'm having fun with you, but if you volunteer in any way, You'll feel good. It's a joy. You put a smile on your face. You watch other people smile, and it's so rewarding. Now, here's the only catch with it. If you volunteer, the biggest thing we need you to do on the time that you're scheduled is to show up. I know you kind of laugh at that, but I couldn't tell you how many Sundays Pastor Katie comes running to me going, it's just me and my husband. And I tell her, just shut the wing down and send the kids in. And her heart's too big. It's bigger than mine. She's like, I can't do that. I'm like, I would do it. My challenge to you is if, you're, if you have a child that's in the kid's wing 
on a Sunday morning, I encourage you to have your name on the schedule. And here's the crazy thing. If everybody volunteered, you would be on the schedule less. Mind-blowing. But Katie is doing up a schedule right now just for the kids' wing, and all she's asking for is three services till Christmas. That's it. That's how many people she's got. Three Sundays, three services. And this is what we need throughout the week. So see, here, once the thing? Once we get everybody together, we gather all the pieces, we spurred each other on, we've equipped everybody. And see, here's the thing. If you're sitting here going, well, Chad, I know we're equipping, but I don't feel fully equipped. Welcome to the group. As Pastor Carlos said when he came up, he's like, I really don't know what I'm doing. Most of us don't know what we're doing. But we're trying to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. That's it. And here's how I know you can teach a child. Because I guarantee you, you know more of the Bible than the child does. I tell people all the time, especially when it comes to heavenly hoops, I don't know if I can coach heavenly hoops. You're going to coach five-year-olds to like seven-year-olds. Can you bounce a ball? Yes, you're ahead of them. No, like sometimes it's that simple. And you love on them. And all of a sudden you watch yourself grow a little bit as they grow a little bit. And you know the cool thing is, as they grow, they actually push you to grow. It's amazing. And I'm being serious. It's so much fun. But once you're equipped, you see it. Once we're all equipped, then we go. And I don't know about you, but when you go, that means the pizza goes in the oven. Forgot to take the last one out. That's kind of gross. I'm going to put that one down here. And now it's in the oven, and we get to go. And we get to go, and we share Jesus. There was more tomato sauce on that one than the last one. It's like Matthew 28, 19 says this. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. By volunteering, by plugging in, we are disciples making disciples. So how do you know that you're a disciple? A disciple is always growing. So I encourage you to plug in, to be a part of something. Be growing in your own faith. So that means finding a small group. That means finding a community to serve. Because even as you serve, you will grow and stretch. Because as you talk to each other, you will encourage one another. And as you encourage one another, you'll realize, man, I didn't really see that verse the way they saw it. I'm going to go read it again. And we build each other up. We're disciples making disciples. It's not just who we are, but it's what we do. See, Pastor Charles talked about the next step card, that the steps across the bridge. And the steps that we have, right now we have five steps. The first step is Alpha. It's kicking off. Alpha is a great spot to start, to learn and ask questions. If you have a coworker that's like, yeah, I just really want to witness to this person, but I don't know how, invite them. And go with them. Well, Chad, I've been a Christian for 150 years, and so I don't know if Elf is really for me. It might not be for you, but it's probably for your neighbor. And your neighbor will go if you go with them. You invite people. Well, I'm not sure how I'll get there. I'll pick you up at 6. Oh, you, well, my kids, there's a kids' ministry on. Oh, you're taking away all my excuses. Yes. This is what we do, and we grow 
And the next step is 40 days in the Word. So as soon as we get them through asking their questions and trying to understand stuff, we teach them how to read the Word. If you're sitting here saying, you know what, Chad, my devotional life's getting a little bit dry. I'm not 100% sure how to get it deeper. 40 days in the Word will be coming back up again as a class. And just watch for it. When it's advertised, check off the box and say, I'm going. Don't ever say, oh, maybe I'll go. No, go. Make the decision. Then we go into beta Satan. And step four is cleansing stream. They almost go hand in hand. And it just deals with your past. I don't know about you, but every one of us has stuff in our past that holds us back. It could be an offense. It could be past hurts. It could be all these things. And this will minister to that. Step five that's coming up in the winter is called Holy Spirit. And we're going to do a series on the Holy Spirit and just a teaching on the introduction of the Holy Spirit and who he is and what he can do in your life and how he can give you strength. There's more to come. But we want to do all of these because Ephesians 4.12 says to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We will not attain the whole measure. We will not attain full maturity until Christ comes back. So if you are sitting here, you're like, well, I don't really know if I need to take a class. No, you do, because you need to grow. We all do. We all need to get deeper. So this is what we want. We want everybody growing and serving together. And when everyone is together and everything's working smoother, then everything gets done quicker. (laughs) And when it gets done quicker, we all get to enjoy. (laughs) And by we all, I mean me. I took a smaller bite than the first service, and it's still not simple. Hold on. I know. Just talk amongst yourselves for a second. Ask your neighbor where they're going to start volunteering. So when we gather together... When we gather together, you will feel connected, but you need to gather. When we are equipped and trained and studying, you will feel more confident. Let me just clarify. As much as you will feel confident, you will never feel fully confident. That's where God comes in. And allow him to stretch you. And when we go, this is the greatest thing. We get to experience the joy of someone coming to know Jesus. So today, I'm challenging you and asking you today, plug in today. Serve somewhere, get equipped, join a small group, take a class, and go. Please, hang out with non-believers. If you're not hanging out with non-believers, you're not being a light. You're not shining your light to somebody else. I actually encourage people, and I've never, I didn't say this in the first service, but I'll say it bluntly to you. If you're not hanging around friends where you hear some swear words weekly, you're probably not hanging around non-believers. Hang around non-believers. Be in a situation where you feel uncomfortable so that you can share Jesus Christ with them. I promise, just because they swear doesn't mean you won't. Or, sorry. (laughs) 
That was just an illustration to show that we don't have it all together. (laughs) So I think what I was trying to say was just because they swear doesn't mean that you will. There. I got it. Got it. See, it takes a couple times, but I'll get it. You will actually influence them more than they influence you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for just your sense of your presence today. Lord, I thank you so much that you have given us the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit, you will equip us, you will connect us together, that we are a family, Father God, and you're training us up. But Lord, you're not training us just so we can be great Christians. You're training us so that we can teach others, that we can encourage others, and that, Father, we can lead people into a relationship with you. And so, Father, I pray for everyone in this room that today to be spurred on, That right now, Father, they're even filling out a connect card on the next step saying, I will volunteer here. I will plug in because this is what God is spurring me onto. And so, Father, spur us today. I pray, Father, that we will spur one another, that we will encourage one another. Lord, I pray that each other will begin to see gifts in the other person and call it out and just say, hey, you know, you're really good at this. You're really good at doing this. And it will just lead us into the path that you've called us to. And so, Father, lead us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.